on guys welcome back to another episode of coffee and van chats i know we've already had an episode this week but i just wanted to go ahead and release a special episode which is tinker juarez tinker juarez is a pro mountain bike rider pro gravel racer and yeah he's pretty much done it all he started in bmx back in the 80s and has gone to the olympics and has done some pretty cool things and i had the opportunity of hanging out with tinker in utah where we had the opportunity to ride the salty lizard gravel race Unfortunately, I did suffer some mechanicals early on where I had to pull out of the race, but Tinker went on to finish in under, I think under five hours, something like that. I mean, he crushed it. I mean, this dude's been at it for a while. But yeah, what made this race so cool is that it was done at the facility where the movie Con Air was shot. And if you don't know what the movie Con Air is, is the movie with Nicolas Cage where he's on his way home to get released from prison. And yeah, essentially these prisoners take over the plane. But anyways, we shoot this episode live inside that airplane and it's super cool. Anyways, please sit back, relax and enjoy and let's dive into the episode. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats. I'm here with Tinker Juarez. Tinker Juarez is BMX guy, mountain bike guy, cyclist, been doing it forever, Olympian, silver medal at World Championships, really, really done it right. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing great. It's Good. great to be here, yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah I'm pretty excited. Uh, uh, yeah, just came in yesterday from Utah, and uh, now I'm here, going to be doing a, a Stupid, uh, what is the stupid, uh, so the yeah, the stupid pony or the salty, yeah, salty the salty, lizard. stupid ride, or yeah, whatever. yeah, it's gonna be rough, man. yeah, yeah, no, but cool, cool. So, did you have an opportunity to go check out the course yet? No, I haven't, man. I actually have been, uh, I just came from North Dakota and I was dealing with some kind of uh, just a runny nose issue, and yeah. uh, so, um, you know, I'm hoping that I, I'll have something in my legs tomorrow, you know, yeah, but sure. uh, but yeah, I just allergies of some sort, and yeah. I try to. Do you know use those pills yesterday and uh, seems to be working. So um, no, I, I 100 miles. I only part I probably only see is just a few miles of the start. So yeah, it'll be all just big surprise tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> cool man. Yeah. So that's having a runny nose around this time and in this in this era is like the scariest thing to say. It's like you're like I have a runny nose and I immediately just started thinking I was like. Wait, what? You had a runny nose? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah like, what? Uh, Wait. Do, you, do you need to be here right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, man. It's, it's crazy time. So, like, man, you've been at this for a while. Have you ever seen something like this, like, I mean, uh, like, upset the sporting world, like, this pandemic, like, at this level? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, this is all this is all scary to me, man. This yeah. this year has been a really, uh, a really bad year for everybody, and uh, especially in, in bike racing when, uh, you know, you need to be around people. And the competition, and you know, is more than half my schedule got uh, postponed or canceled. Yeah. So yeah, it's been you know really, uh, really scary, scary times right now. Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, how are you? How are you seeing your way like through that? Like, how are you getting through these times? Like, how are you finding a way to kind of keep sponsors happy and keep keep that stuff going on yeah yeah i had to really think you know what is it that i need to do this year if i can't race you know so i just i just think that maybe it was just a a, a time where you know i need to uh get a year off just to relax yeah. you know but i still been riding a lot more but uh but no competition and uh 
So yeah, I just been able to. Luckily, I'm able to go outside and train and uh, not be around anybody, and uh, and just you know try to see what's going to come up next. And really, it just seems like it's uh, just so far away. Every time I'm waiting for a race, and then when it does come close, and then next thing you know, they're like uh, postponing it again or canceling it. So uh, so yeah. So my my thought is just like you know try not to get too burned out and just wait till next year and see what happens. You know. Um, you know, my sponsors uh, are all hanging in there. Uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, usually a one-year contract. So, uh, you know, they c it's really hard for them to just say, you know, we can't keep you or, you know, it's like a done deal. And yeah. when some pandemic happens like this, you know, they don't really know, even know why they should fire, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. So, yeah, like I said, and let me set the stage for people that might not know you. Um, you've been doing this for quite some time. Like... Give us yeah. a little bit of your background. When when did you get into cycling? How old are you? Like what what's the yeah? Whole okay, so uh, you know when I started, I started racing BMX, and yeah. uh, that was in 1973. In 73, it was uh, a brand new sport. Like nobody heard of BMX, and then I started in it when the sport began. And uh, uh, by the time I was age 15, uh, that was three or four years later. Um, I turned pro and there was not a pro class in a BMX and I was winning, you know, hundreds of trophies. And so, uh, you know, I started off in the beginner's class and worked my way right up to experts right away. And then, uh, then they had a pro class in 1975 and I got, I was like the youngest at that time. So I felt good sure. being young at something. And, uh, so yeah, so I started, uh, yeah, I, t I turned pro and it was just racing small races, uh, Winning, you know, maybe fifty dollars, thirty dollars, whatever it was, yeah, you know, yeah. it was kind of exciting to make put some money in your pocket. Uh, and then in 1976, um, you know, Mongoose uh, asked me to sponsor me, and it was a biggest, one of the biggest teams in BMX at that time. And because BMX was brand new, it just kind of was rocket, you know, taken off. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I jumped on a, a team that was, you know, paying me a salary and everything. So that was really a big thing, and I was still in high school. Uh, so I was, you know, coming to school sometimes uh, with wounds and stuff all over my arms, you know, just big scars and stuff. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a learning thing, you know, being a professional. And uh, so uh, yeah, when I was with Mongoose, uh, I I actually rode for them for six years, and uh, and was you know um, traveling all over the U.S. Uh, maybe just went to Japan overseas one wow. place, but. Um, but back then, I was just traveling and planes and stuff like that was a big deal. And I was making, you know, decent money. There was uh, contingency money made off our bikes that we were racing on. Yeah. So whenever I race at a national, I could race in a uh, the pro open class, the pro cruiser class, and then just my regular class. And there was a chance that I could make bonus money in each one of those classes. Jeez. So there's times where I would make, you know, a grand. And I just by placing top three in all, you know, in, in all three events in one race. Wow, that's so nuts. Like, and I think what's crazy, too, we chatted a little bit about this at lunch. We went and had lunch. It's just like there was a time where you could have been a mountain biker or even a road racer, and you could make a, a living, like a killing. Yeah. And it just doesn't seem like that anymore. Like, where do you think <laughs> that disconnect came in? As I, I don't know, you know, I think it just, you know, it stretched out so big and it exploded so fast that yeah. uh, it just had to come down sooner or later. And I think once, uh, what I started noticing, because when I, uh, after BMX, I got out of it in 86. Um, I, after Mongoose, after I even got off Mongoose in my BMX days, I had just gotten onto some smaller teams. So there were no big teams that I was able to get back on. 
And uh, and then right around 86, mountain biking, there was a bike that came out that had gears and it was still an off-road bike. Yeah. And I go, and somebody said, hey, I think you'd be pretty good at this. And I don't remember this person, but he said, yeah, it'd be because of my BMX skills, you know, and I'd be riding the mountains and single trails and all that. So, um, so I thought this would be, a, you know, this is a fun looking bike. A lot of gears on it, BMX. You had, I raced 15, you know, 15 years, uh, one speed. Just always had to kind of, you know, gear uh, half a gear, maybe change the front gear to a, you know, maybe tooth, tooth bigger or whatever. Wow. And that was it. And so mount, uh, BMX was just all, you know, one gear all the race. And yeah. uh, there was no shifting. Uh, mountain biking, it was like, man, I got all these gears to choose from. <laughs> so it was like, you know, I'm going up hills and just ripping up the hills and stuff. And uh, so... Um, yeah, I, I mean, it was a big deal because it was a brand new spike, and then it seemed like everybody wanted to just, um, you know, get onto these bikes every year. There was just something was going new on them, and it was just getting better and better. And uh, when I got with Cannondale in 1994, uh, uh, there was a big corporate sponsor, which was Volvo Cannondale, and and they asked me to join their team, and it was like, you know, the money that they were offering, it was over 100000 or something. Yeah. It was a lot. It was just unbelievable. And, uh, and, uh, so we, you know, we jumped on the contract and, uh, it lasted for many years, maybe at least six years with the Volvo deal. But each year it seemed like this, the manager was getting a harder time to get a, the same amount of money. Yeah. And, uh, so they were like getting cuts. And so they had to somehow try to get money from other sponsors and it was getting tougher and tougher. And I started noticing, and then there was at one point I had to get a salary cut and then I go, oh, okay, I could handle that. And and then it was each year it was starting to get another salary cut. Yeah, yeah. And then you just gotta, you know, like, you know, are you gonna hang in it? Are you gonna stick with this team, or do you want to move on? And I just, you know, I thought this is I could still make a living off this. You know, this is not bad. And there was a few riders on my team that, uh, you know, this is too low. I'm gonna move on. You know, sure. and so they ended up moving on. So, uh, and then I think it was in. Once the contracts got smaller, and you know, and then the, then the ESPN started pulling out of the out of the picture with you know giving you know TV coverage for the sports of like Norbert Nationals were all on TV and oh really yeah there was a lot of ESPN stuff wow and uh, and it was really cool you know and a lot of people remember those days of you know watching us on TV and that's when mountain biking was big but then once that all pulled out then obvious then the bigger corporate like car sponsors and Saturn and all these other people started, you know, slowly, you know, take, pulling away, yeah, yeah, pulling away and disappearing and things like that. And then, and at one point, then you're like almost making nothing. And then, it's yeah. like, and then yeah, and and is that where you w kind of went to like a privateer style, like on your own, sourcing your own sponsors, running your own show? Um, yeah, I mean, there was bottom line is that mountain cross country kind of was disappearing. Yeah. Uh, there was really not too many races. And then the team wasn't, uh, sponsoring a big team anymore. They were cutting down, you know, down to a few, only two or three riders. And then now it's kind of like, uh, after all that, you know, all those changes, uh, you know, cross country just kind of died, but you know, it's still Olympic sport and it's still big in the world cup. And the only way you would have a chance to really make a living in this is if you pretty much race part full-time or part-time in Europe and uh and that was that, that takes a lot of money you know you got to have a place to live you got to you know get away from whoever you're leaving at home and 
and make a living in, in racing on the road, you know, you know, half the year. Yeah. Um, and, and so it just got really hard. And I think at that point, I, other sports were popping up like endurance stuff. 24 hours were kind of big for a little while, for a few years. And I started doing those. Um, and my sponsors were happy. So I had to just think, you know, what are they going to make these guys happy? And I just keep racing, find, you know, something new. And, and that's when I started noticing longer distance was, you know, you know, something that my sponsors were happy with. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm seeing here that you've won it four times, 24 hours. Yeah, so I, yeah, I, I, you know, back then when 24 hours were big, the, the U.S. Cycling uh, had a national jersey, a Stars yeah. and Stripe jerseys. And uh, so I won that four times, you know, f not in a row in a year, but I won it four, four times the national jersey um and then i ended up winning uh they had world championship and not a uci sanctioned but it was a uci 24-hour solo world champion yeah, they do that like with grand fondos and stuff like that right like there were masters worlds and yeah yeah things like that yeah but this was kind of their own you know their, their own, own sanction deal, deal. and yeah. so yeah i got a solo uh, i was really trying hard for that solo uh world champion and i got one at least wow. and so yeah so you know th to me that's always a world champion you know um, and then, you know, I started doing uh, an age category in my master's and uh, for the UCI and, uh, and won that two times. So, uh, so now when I won it this last year, it was like a really big deal. And I didn't think it was going to be a big deal. And it was like my sponsors were all happy. Yeah. And they were like on the phone, oh, congratulations, That's world awesome. champ. Yeah. And I just like, wow, you know, back in the days. If you're a master, it didn't matter. It wasn't yeah, a big yeah. deal. I was about, you know, I was about to ask you that question because, you know, we got a guest in here, you know, Caesar, who rides for ButcherBox, chilling in here. He came with us down to come race with us. And I know, like, me being the 27-year-old, like, I always told myself, like, oh, I'm never going to race a master's race. So when did you decide, like, because, I mean, you were legit back in the day. Like, you right. were, like, and you still are. Like, right. you're a badass. And when were you, like, all right, I'll do a master's race. Like, was it a hard thing for you to switch to, or are you just like, eh, screw it, let's just do well, it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, I know. I feel exactly yeah. what you're saying, because I kind of thought that way in my early career. I go, you know, I'm not going to – I mean, oh, so he's world champion masters. Wow, yeah, big yeah. deal, you know. But I think because the sport has grown and it's been around for so long, masters is a looked up at a, a whole different level now. There's really yeah. fast guys now at, you know, at my age, and uh, – and and all the way in all the ages, you know, they're well, Olympians. I mean, you know, you went to the Olympics. Yeah. Know, so yeah, like yeah. they're racing against Olympians. Yeah. You know? So it was. Yeah. So I was. Yeah. I was racing in, in masters, you know, some, you know, yeah. retired guys, but they're still racing and training and riding every day. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it was uh, it was exciting to get good vibe from my sponsor because then it means that, you know, now I got to put this on my schedule every year, you yeah, know, yeah, because sure. my sponsors really want me to do good. So I'll race the. Uh, I'll race the endurance stuff in the elite and get safe, try to stay fit and fast with these guys. And then all of a sudden, I'll just switch over into my age category. And now I got maybe three guys on the starting line instead of 10 guys. Yeah. And so, yeah, so it, it's it's been fun. You know, I mean, I actually um, I, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad there is. It's a big deal now. I mean, I, it's a UCI. We race on this almost the same course as uh, the, the elite riders ride. Yeah. We're in the same venue. We're just maybe a week earlier or a week later. Yeah. Um, and, and then you end up seeing people that you, they re, you know, you race against back when you were in the elite class yeah. and, and then you stumble across them in, in master's class now, you know, so it's, it's quite a, I mean, I know that Bart Bridges is, you know, uh, 
he's a announcer on the World Cup scene, you know. Sure. Um, and he's, you know, he still races a lot, but he races in his age class. I mean, he's this. So, what we thought age thing was, you know, like, uh, you know, that's like, you know, like cherry picking. Yeah, or that's yeah. like, there's nobody in those Taking classes. Advantage of it. Yeah, yeah, like this is going to be easy. No, it's it's a lot harder than you think. I mean, riders have For really sure. uh, have gotten better. I mean, that's, that's what you expect. Yeah, cool. I mean, I mean, I. Every year, I, I mean, it's like it's just getting faster and faster. If I don't, if I can't do what I trained that I feel that's going to stay keep me at the top, then you're gonna you're, you'll find out when you go to the race, you know. Yeah, and so riding 24 hours is, is yeah. no joke, man. I, I've never done that. Um, <laughs> I think the longest ride I've ever done is probably 13 hours. Okay. That's so what like, and you know, I always used to tell people too. It's like a lot of people get caught up in this like hundred K hunt, you know, century thing, right? Like it's, uh, it's hard to do. It's hard to do a century more or less, but I think I was like, if you can do a hundred K you, you can do a hundred miles. I think, I think it's just the mental barrier that we need to break. Where do you think the mental mm -hmm. crossover is for 24 hours? Um, you know, when I was uh, getting into the endurance stuff is when endurance was getting really big. It wasn't yeah. b big before I started it. And so I, I thought that I could do anything on a bike. If it's riding all day, I could do that all day. Right so I had this attitude that, you know, it's a new sport. I, I train every day. Why can't I ride my bike, you know, all day today? So I had this attitude when I started doing 24 hours that, yeah, I mean, you know, I get to ride my bike for 24 hours. This is going to be really badass, cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun at that yeah, time. Yeah. And it was, uh, you know, once again, it just, you know, I was doing it so many. I was doing like three or four a year. Wow. And that was a lot. And I, and, and then I tell people now today when people like talk to me and go, oh, I remember seeing it in the 24 hour. And I think to myself, I could never do it 24 hours again, <laughs> man. I go, How in the <laughs> world the is that? time you did one? Oh, uh, it's been maybe over five years or yeah, something. Yeah. And when I did do my last one, I didn't do that good. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's mentally a tough thing to do, you know. Yeah. And I think you just really have to just tell yourself that this is what I'm going to do. And just over and over every day, sure. uh, you know, no matter if you don't tell yourself, it's just in your brain that you're going to yeah. be doing it. Um, even back then when it was like, you know, all this uh, endurance stuff, I thought, wow, do Race Across America. Yeah. Oh, okay, why not? You know, For and sure. I yeah, and I ended up doing Race Across America, and uh, and that was more harder than a twenty. I never thought of anything being so hard. I literally did you do it solo. I did a solo, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I finished third, but I literally this kind of seized up the very first day because I couldn't believe it. I'm going to be on my bike, the, riding my bike for the next nine days or eight days, Jeez. every single day, putting you know uh, over three hundred miles. You know, that's insane. And it's just like. I don't know how I'm going to do that. And yeah. I had, and I finally just got out of that, but I kind of cracked in the beginning. I psyched myself out but once I realized I was going to do this. And then once I realized that I can't let my crew down, I got seven people here that want to help me. Yeah. And you're just like, all of a sudden you're folding. At this yeah. <laughs> so how much of that, like, especially for that ultra endurance stuff, like how much of that are you like, yeah, it's training, but, a lot of it is mental. Like, would you say that you were training your mental game just as hard as the physical game? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely yeah. a big mental thing. I mean, yeah. um, I mean, once you're, 
once you start finding excuses that I can't make it, then yeah, you're, I doubt you're, you're riding 24 hours on the weekend and be like, Oh, okay. I can do yeah. 24 hours. This, this is okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, it is a big mental thing. I mean, once you start finding excuses to uh, get out of it, then you're going to dig yourself out of it and you won't be able to get yourself back into it. And, yeah. uh, um, yeah, so it was a big thing and, but I was motivated and I had, I, I wasn't burned out because I haven't done any, that many endurance stuff. For sure. Now, after all these years, I, I mean, if I, if I get a bad night and I go and do a hundred miles, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be off the back yeah. because I didn't get enough sleep. Yeah. And that's just, you know, you know, that's just how much my body has been worn down, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it needs to get that full amount of sleep to be able to have the energy that I need to, you know, charge all day. Nah, for you know? sure. Yeah. And uh, sure. so, yeah, I mean, it's basically the the same thing. You know, I just think that I just got tired of it. And, and once you say it's over, it's over. Yeah. And I got tired of 24 hours and it was good because it was uh, there. They were dying out everywhere. Yeah. So there's only maybe a few, uh, you know, uh, that are happening. But I, I've never had any interest of doing them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. So, you know, talking about sleep and all those crazy things. So you're sleeping in a casino tonight that smells like cigarette smoke. <laughs> I'm sleeping in a sleeping in a van um but i know that you dabble a little bit in the van life um tell us a little bit about your van what kind of van you got how does it built out you got any cool custom things that you like about it or i know I it's wrapped by cannondale right yeah yeah i do have a van and and a big reason i got a van is because um you know you live in california if you drive a small car you feel like everybody's going to run you over yeah and you need something with some big you know nuggets yeah yeah for sure <laughs> And I needed a bigger engine. I needed some guts. I needed yeah. some power. I, w I wanted to feel safe, and I didn't want feel people were looking on top of me. Yeah. So now I feel you know feel safe and powerful with a you know a, a nice van. And uh, but um, I haven't really used it for any kind of uh, like you know going to a local race or anything like that. I go to, I use it for one day events and stuff. Yeah. If I could drive to them, but um, you know my van is my thing is an RV. Yeah. So I'm a big RV guy, and uh, so. If I could just go to a local race and take my son and my mom, then this this is what we're doing for the weekend, you know. And oh, we'll yeah. go on a Friday and we'll stay Saturday and then we'll come home on Sunday just to race one day. And so, yeah, yeah so I I enjoy the outdoors. And, uh, I mean, you know, I don't see anything wrong with the van, but I honestly, you know, my my funnest toy is the RV. Yeah. And, I, I mean, if it's to me it's like a hotel on wheels and uh, – and it gets me excited. Like I get sometimes really burned out of doing the same rides every day at home, and so I'll I'll end up like you know what I need to get on my RV, go 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 to a KOA campground. Yeah. There has to be a lake, and there has to be mountains right behind there, and just and just, just start you know doing that you know for Sweet. a couple of days. I could go. I do it for a couple of days. You know I don't do any big one week or two week trips. You know so yeah so that's kind of my thing. You know I enjoy doing the most just to get a change of scenery. Maybe I don't spend enough time on my mountain bike, so it gives me a good reason to get in the van yeah. and just go where I could just use my mountain bike instead of my road bike yeah. and things like that. But, um, but yeah, I enjoy my – like I said, the van does a lot for you. You, you could carry a lot of things. Um, my son and us, we have a, a three, a four-wheeler, an ATV side-by-side -side and, uh, and just pull it with that you know, RV. And we that's just awesome. – yeah, and we could throw everything in the back. And, uh, yeah, so to me, that's 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 a – that sounds Bad. like the dream. That sounds like the money for sure. Hey guys, sorry for the interruption. I just wanted to let you guys in on a little secret that I wish I knew about sooner. And that is chamois butter. With the current pandemic and everybody jumping on bikes, you're probably wondering to yourself, am I supposed to feel uncomfortable down there? And then you decide to confide in somebody that you trust and that maybe even got you into cycling and they just say, oh, you'll get used to it. 
Well, in reality, it's actually an easy fix and you don't have to get used to pain. And that is by using chamois butter. This product is something again that I wish I knew about sooner. And when I found out about it, it made my rides that much more enjoyable, along with allowing me to ride longer. So don't ride in discomfort and check out chamois butter today. Now let's get back to the episode. Yeah. So, so tomorrow, yeah, we chatted a little bit about how sandy it's going to be. We're talking about bike setups. We're talking about mm-hmm. what we're riding. So what are you rolling tomorrow? We're both riding Boyd wheels. What are you rolling tomorrow as far as yeah. wheels, tires, bike? Let's hear it all. Okay. Um, well, okay, I'm, I'm on a canrail bike. So Sweet. I'm on uh, the Super X. Uh, yep. It's more like it, it, it was really popular in the um, – in the cross scene, and yeah, yeah. Uh, so a lot of a lot of riders like the the Super X Scannerdale, and uh, so I, I you know I haven't got the new uh, uh, Top Stone, top uh, yeah. Suspension. So yeah. I I actually actually have one getting built, but I didn't bring it, and yeah. I, I don't have it at home. So I I've been really just you know this is only my second gravel race of the year, so uh, yeah. I'm I'm just happy to be here just to be riding my bike. I still. was about to say you might be two more races deep than most of America. <laughs> so yeah, actually I got you know I I've been lucky, man. I just been patient and waiting and uh, um and and gotten a few in, but it's yeah. still they're 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 not the same feeling because you're just kind of like all. thinking, am I going to go or am I not going to go? You know. Yeah. And it's just a weird thing, you know, like you have to wait till almost like the last minute to see if you really are going to go or not. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, so back to my gravel bike. Uh, and then I got the boys wheel on there um, uh, with Victoria tires. Um, pretty typical, you know, just uh, like a, I don't know if it's 3.5 or 2, yeah, something like that. Not super yeah. wide at all. Are you on 650B? Um, six, no. No, yeah. No, no okay. No. Um, and yeah, so one by is uh, the Shimano, the DR. I don't know if it's a DXR or DRX or something. Yeah, it's a new GRX. Yeah. GRX, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, anyways, uh, and uh, I really like that setup. Um, you know, yeah. it's been working really. Just one ring in the front, and Sweet. you know, Just and yeah. Go cruise, man. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah, because th- that's what I'm riding, and I honestly think that that Shimano GRX stuff is unreal. Like as it, far it as like the hood and. Like, I mean, it literally, you have so much grip, so much control, especially in the sand. Uh, you don't feel feel loose or anything. Because those gravel bikes with the road shifters, they just feel, if you're not in the drops or even in the tops of the mm-hmm. uh, of the bars, you feel like you're sliding everywhere. You can't right, get yeah. The hoods on the, yeah, the Shimano's are really amazing. It's, it's so comfortable. It's unreal. I mean, I never am off them. So yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like the best position to be yeah, at. For sure. Um, yeah, and it's just like you said, they're they're super. Uh, it's dependable, you know. It's yeah. just good components, so nothing goes wrong, you know. Yeah. So. No, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm super, super excited about the race tomorrow and and getting to race with you. Um, but one of my one of my last questions I wanted to get in with you is, uh, so you've been like I said, w- we've said for this entire podcast is you know you've been at this for a while. Is there any race that you're like, man, I got to do this? Like, uh, before I hang up the wheels, this is one race I got to do. Yeah, um, there. I, I actually have been trying for the last couple of years to uh, go to the Trans Andes, and yeah. it's in Chile. Um, some weird reason that I'm either not reaching to the right people or something to, you yeah. know, to get me out there. Um, you know, I just, you know, I it would be, you know, out of my budget to really want to fly over there and pay out of my own pocket. Um, so I'm still trying to find the right man that will fork out the money to yeah, fly me down there. And then, sure. you know, I'll, I'll be ready because, uh, 
you know, it's usually early. It's like the end of January, and it's yeah. like the perfect time for me in California, man. I've just like been, Flying you know, yeah, just riding around. all year round, and uh, um, and yeah, I'm ready to hit some summertime, you know. And Chile is like, you know, right right there, and it's supposed to be a really beautiful place. And I've done racing in the Chile, and it's really a beautiful place, man. You see yeah. all these volcanoes everywhere, and uh, and it's supposed to be some gnarly stuff, and uh, and it's th they say that everything is just really really catered to you really well, yeah. um, and I I I'm still not going to give up on it, so I'm going to def definitely I'll be trying to uh, maybe I'll have to swing and try to get a hold of a Cannondale dealer or something, and then maybe I was about to say yeah, yeah man maybe we can convince Boyd and get some airline miles racked <laughs> up, find some somebody to get this man some airline miles to get yeah. you out to Chile, you know. Yeah. Um, that but sounds pretty sick. Yeah, it is a really beautiful place, and it's like a f like seven days, man. So, and it's supposed to be the funnest and gnarliest of single tracks. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm still still racing. I'm gonna still uh, still give it a shot. Still give year. it a shot. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, last question. Um, this is a segment that we've been doing on the podcast where we've been asking our guests. Um, the question is, you know, if you could have a cup of coffee with anybody. Who would it be if you don't drink coffee? Um, what what would you like to have with that person? Um, but if you do drink coffee, how would you take it with cream, sugar, pumpkin spice latte, hmm. black? How would you take it? Yeah. Oh, OK. So the question was, uh, who would I have coffee with yeah, who would you if you drink coffee? coffee? Yeah. Well, even if you don't drink coffee, yeah. um, you would have tea or yeah, or whatever, whatever you drink yeah. in the yeah, morning. It keeps you energized. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I love coffee, you know, and uh I mean, I always wake up like feeling like a hangover every day. <laughs> <laughs> so even amount of coffee I drink is still I have to drink that amount of coffee, take yeah, a yeah. bunch of vitamins, yeah, and right. I go, man, I still don't feel like I'm nothing's kicking in. And then I get on my bike, and then I start sweating, and okay, now I start to feel like <laughs> normal. But uh, but yeah, um, that's a good question. You know, um, one of my favorite actors, you know, and I I just think of actors, you know. Yeah. Um, would be uh, Bruce Lee, you know. That would be sick. Yeah, that's yeah, a good one. Yeah, yeah. I I like. I used to watch some of his movies, you yeah. know, the Enter the Dragons and all that. And I think that guy was, you know, the baddest guy. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, for sure. And the most smoothest talker. Yeah. And you know, would take on anybody if you know if there was a hundred guys, he would take them all on. Yeah, no, that's so, awesome. yeah. So Bruce Lee was always, uh, you know, I'm old school man, and uh, when I started watching his movies, man, I was hooked. Yeah, uh, no, I, I would go, man, if I was built like that guy and I was cool. racing mountain biking, yeah. Yeah, I'd be like just <laughs> hey, man, riding I, wheelies up the mountain, to man. To me, you're now the mountain bike <laughs> Bruce Lee. I don't know if you want the nickname, <laughs> but I'll give you the nickname. Yeah, um, well, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm, – I'm really stoked. I'm really blessed, uh, you know, with you know without the man upstairs, you know. Yeah, I mean, sure. honestly, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at. Yeah. I mean, I am just thankful and uh, I'm just, you know, just – you know, I don't know how I, how I was able to race as long as I am, but I am. And, uh, you know, m you know, my mom has been there behind me my whole life. And uh, and uh, she supported me up through my rough times, even when I got divorced. And my last divorce was really a tough time yeah. without my mom being there. Honestly, I'd probably be on the streets, you know, but yeah. because she was there, she's, you know, she just was uh, saved me. There was just so much that had to be taken care of. I had a, not a clue what I would have to do. There was just too much time and too much paperwork and all this stuff. Yeah. So I'm really blessed to have my mom, and I'm just blessed that, you know, I'm still able to do. And, you know, um, how I'm doing it, I just, just I try to go to bed early. Yeah. 
and I try to wake up with the same attitude and uh, and just go, man, I get to ride my bike for a living, man. That's and, uh, sweet, yeah, because yeah. like I said, man, me and Caesar were chatting about it before uh, before we jumped on the podcast. We were like, man, that's what we need to aspire to be. <laughs> like, we, we need to ride our bike that long. <laughs> like, that's sick. It, it was so, tough, man. I, I yeah. got really lucky that um, because I'd done it for so long, I was able to, you know, kind of manage to uh, – to have a place and everything and, 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 and things like that in my life. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, if I was to say start now and make a living at it, it would be, I would have to have two jobs. It would be impossible. You yeah. know, it's just no way there's really nothing in the sport that sponsors see that are worth paying you that kind of money. I mean, unless you're like all of a sudden an elite cross country rider, that's kind of where the mountain bikers are making money. And, and, and if you're an endurance rider, you still got to be, on a European team because yeah. it's still bigger there than it is here. You know, we're just thankful we have races to do, but you know, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just lucky to be able to get to them. No. Yeah. Them. Well, Tinker, thank you so much, man. Uh, I'm super excited, excited to ride with you tomorrow. Yeah. Thank and you. And I am too, man. Hopefully we can have a brew hang out afterwards. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah be definitely. Good times. Definitely got to have a Sierra Nevada, man. Yeah. Yeah. Sierra <laughs> Nevada. I'm down for that. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I will make sure to put Tinker's social media down in the, uh, um, description below. Be sure you hit subscribe, leave us a review and, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Thanks.